My name is Jody Albert Moss, and these are readings from my book, The Time Is Now. Episode 2, Chapter 2, Early Years. Listening is a very important skill to develop in life, and is how we learn and interact. Listening can mean different things to each of us. For me, listening also includes being in tune and aware of animals, nature, our environment, and other vibrational influences. As I reflect back on my life, I recall one of the first times I listened and responded. I was born and raised in Hamilton. We lived in a quiet neighborhood in the west end of the city. Our home was last on a dead-end street and was next to a forested area that ran for several miles with lots of room to explore. I attended Prince Philip School, which was about five blocks away, from kindergarten to grade six. After grade six, I was required to attend a different school called Dalewood Secondary for grades seven and eight, which was a much farther walk. School was not a place I enjoyed being, since I didn't excel academically. I always found it a challenge, and I believe that I failed two years. I think it was grades 2 and 6. However, now in my late 50s, I am told by my mom that I was held back two units. To me, I was in the same grade two years in a row, and that meant I failed. Being held back in school was devastating to me. Not because others made fun of me, but because of the inner dialogue I always seemed to carry on in my own head. I was harder on myself than anyone could ever be, and this would stay with me all my life. As I'm writing, other things now come to mind, which I would like to talk about. Being the first time I've attempted to write a book, I am feeling some anxiety and a high level of stress around how and what is expected of a writer. I will do my best to share this story in hopes it will be of support to others. I was extremely shy when I was young, avoiding interaction with people. I would be in class and the teacher would be asking questions of the students and I would be so stressed that when she would ask me a question, I would sweat due to extreme anxiety. It was so hard. I would bite my nails and cuticles until they bled and caused me great pain and I was embarrassed if someone saw my fingers. I just didn't want to be there. Another thing that added to my anxiety was my name, Jody. I was born in 1959, and my parents had just watched a movie called The Yearling, which was about a young boy in it named Jody, who had a pet deer. My mom and dad liked the movie so much they named me Jody after the boy. Back in those days, nobody was called Jody. It was a girl's name. I probably would have fared better being green. Even though my name was a source of ridicule and stress, something inside me told me not to take a nickname. For some unknown reason, I knew on an inner level that I must use my given name, Jody, which I have done all my life. Sometime around age 11, 
I remember playing with my grandmother around the kitchen table. We were playing aggressively and my feet were kicked out from under me and down I went. I broke my front tooth off on the edge of the table. From now on I'd be known as Jody with the girl's name and the silver cap tooth. Now this took a lot of getting used to. My dentist had to put a bright silver cap on my front tooth to protect the nerve. This cap had to remain until my teeth stopped coming in. This proved to be for a very long time. This is the kind of situation that can be very hard on a young boy, a shy boy. Not only did I have to contend with a girl's name and a silver cap tooth, but I would develop a severe rash on my face. Combine this with the fact that I also would get bad cold sores on my bottom lip, you had a little boy who never wanted to leave the house. My mom would make a mixture of borax and water, forming a paste, which she'd put on my face. And off to school, I had to go. Talk about being humiliated, embarrassed, adding to the anxiety. Wow! There was nothing I could do but go and suck it up. The school was not going to permit me to attend if my rash persisted, but it always seemed to heal. After many reoccurrences with this rash, it was determined that the wool scarf my mom wrapped around my face to keep me warm was the cause of my rash. We had no idea I was allergic to wool. Sure was nice to have that figured out. No matter how bad things were, we always went to school, even when we were sick. I went from my first day of school to graduating high school and only missed one day and that was to attend my grandmother's funeral. My grandma had lived with us all my life. Situations like these have a tendency to have an effect on young people, for good or bad. I was too young to understand this. However, by sharing this with you now, I am beginning to understand myself a little better. These are things I encountered from grades 1 to 6, which I believe got me to a place which I will share with you shortly. You know, back in the day as a young child when a situation arose, there were no other avenues to explore, no other resources. We kept our thoughts and feelings to ourselves and we didn't have much life experience to draw on. We just went on, just went forward. I valued my time alone while walking home from school. I would always look down, looking for things, collecting sticks and funny-looking stones on the sidewalk and road. In the winter, I would walk on the snowbanks, thinking they were mountains, and I was walking on their peaks, viewing myself as a giant in a foreign landscape. I always, all my life, carried an inner dialogue with myself, continually talking to myself. These were the early times when I wondered where I was inside, inside my physical body. Where was I? The me. Where was the me? Jody, where was I? I knew I was not solely contained in my physical body. I never had a sense of being contained solely in my physical form. 
there was always for me a sense of expansion. My me, Jody, was bigger than my body. Outside of my body, looking in, kind of experience. I remember this from a very early age, this awareness, perception. Sensation would stay with me all my life and be something I would reflect upon often. Thinking back, somewhere around grades 1 to 3, my parents had already given me a microscope and a telescope. I always wondered why things were the way they were, how things ticked. I always loved taking things apart to see how they worked. I loved looking at the stars and was fascinated by the moon. At this age, I remember taking apart batteries to get the carbon rods that were inside them. I read someplace that the carbon rod could be used to make hydrogen. I had a plastic tub filled with water and another jar that I filled with water. In the jar, I placed the carbon rods from the batteries I had taken apart. I attached wires to these rods and then hooked them up to other batteries. This whole apparatus was underwater in the large tub. With the carbon rods now hooked up to the batteries, they started forming small bubbles, which was hydrogen gas. And these bubbles, over a short period of time, made enough gas to displace the water filling the jar with hydrogen. I remember removing the jar with the hydrogen and putting a match to it. I only did this once. There was a larger reaction than I expected, and I knew moving forward I would have to be cautious and practice safety protocols. These are the types of experiments I explored at a very early age. My father was and still is a hands-on guy, so we always had tools, wood, nails, other things around. Dad always let me do my thing. He would explain how to safely use the tools and I was free to create whatever I could think up. Whenever my dad wanted to learn something, he would get a book and read about it. Dad was, and still is, one of the smartest people I know. He instilled in us boys the value of a good book. There were always lots of books in our house. Books about everything. I want to mention several things here. I didn't like school, and looking back, I remember being bored and wondering, why do we have to learn this stuff? There were more exciting things to do. Many times I would say to myself, why do I have to learn this stuff? It didn't feel, it wasn't right. The whole process just didn't feel right to me, but I just didn't know why. I daydreamed a lot. For me, it was more than daydreaming. I would go places and see different things. One minute, I was here, then instantly, I'd be somewhere else. This would happen to me randomly, without thinking about it. Several times when this happened, I would think, Wow, I need to get control. This can't keep happening. Because when it happened... I was totally unaware of what was going on in the classroom. Several times it happened, and the only way I was brought back was when the teacher asked me a question. I had no recollection of what she was even talking about, so I just sat silently until she asked someone else. I remember this was happening to...
me in grade five. I doodled continually in my books. Every day I doodled triangles, pyramids, circles, squares, numbers, and letters, all shapes and sizes. I was doodling geometric shapes and combining them. I sure wish I had kept some of my doodles and sketches to look back on today. And I think about it now. I know that the designs I was drawing were what people now refer to as light codes. My drawings and doodles were tuning me into what would happen later in my life, preparing me to receive. My mind was being conditioned and shaped, even at this early age, waking up. After finally graduating out of grade six, I would always be behind my friends by two years, which in itself was stressful. Keeping all this in mind, I would now be required to go to another school. My walk to the new school took me past Prince Philip School, where I had attended grades 1 to 6, a constant reminder of the two failed grades. The school had a wonderful park with lots of grass and three baseball diamonds. As I walked, my inner dialogue was always about not wanting to fail another year. This was always on my mind, always. I was never comfortable talking to anyone, so I kept my thoughts, fears, and challenges to myself, always, always. One day I said to myself, this is crazy. I have to do something. Yes, something, but what? Then it happened. I heard a voice say, pray. Pray? At first, I really believed it was just me, talking to myself again, carrying on my inner dialogue, so I didn't do anything. I didn't respond, didn't give it another thought. Then the next day on my walk to school, I heard it again, pray. Almost in the same spot that I had heard it the day before, just as I was beginning to walk across the park. This time, I saw an image of Jesus in my mind. In my mind, my awareness, Jesus appeared up and to the right of my awareness. Now I was paying attention because I knew it wasn't me saying pray. Being baptized and confirmed Anglican, praying was not foreign to me. I decided I would pray to Jesus every day on my walk to school, every day on the same spot. I would pray that I would not fail another year in school. So every day on the same spot where I had first heard pray, I prayed to Jesus. I kept walking and continued praying until I'd crossed the park and then stopped. I would pray again the next day on my walk to school. I did this every day. I didn't stop. I would visualize Jesus up and to the right of my awareness. This is where I would direct all my attention and I would concentrate on Jesus. My method of prayer was simply to carry on a conversation with Jesus. I asked him to help me pass in school and I asked if he had something for me to do in this life, I would do it. During this time, the voice which I believed was Jesus told me firmly, You have to go through this. You must go to school and pass. You are here to live in their world, and it won't go away. 
learn to play the game of life. I remember this so clearly, even to this day. So I listened to what was being communicated to me by Jesus, and I continued to pray every day as I entered the park. I never felt alone again. After this experience, I knew I had a strong connection to the one I considered the highest, Jesus. Maybe my methods were unconventional, but what I was doing worked for me, and this was all I cared about. The whole experience was another one of those wow moments when I realized there was more going on here than just me walking to school. This whole experience I kept to myself until I was in my mid-50s when I would stand up in front of the congregation of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and share this experience as my testimonial. My path has taken me to many places and to many different religions and ways of life as I sought out the answers to the questions that always haunted me. For most of my life, I kept these experiences to myself. It sure wasn't common, and probably at the time, not a good thing to tell people I was hearing voices and that I was praying to Jesus and he was answering me. Thinking back, I can't remember how many days I did this praying to Jesus, but I can tell you this, I never failed another year. This was the first time I was communicated with, I listened and I act. It would not be the last.